This episode of Super Pulp Science is brought to you by Arkland, published by Cheezine Publications. Attention, citizens. It's time for Super Pulp Science. This is Super Pulp Science. I'm Gregory Kamichuk. I'm Justin Curry of Chasing Artwork. And we have with us Mr. Scott Ford, uh, who may or may not need an introduction. We'll let him introduce himself. Hi. Uh, I've never uh, had to introduce myself before. I'm Scott. I make comics and I draw things. And that's about it. That's pretty good. And um, sometimes I write things. What more do you need? And you you color comics? You yeah, do I, create your own comics? You a Scott of all trades. Scott of all trades. <laughs> so for those people who have never heard of Scott Ford before, he um, is the creative mind and hand behind Romulus and Remus, a graphic novel series where yeah. Justin and I first took note of him, and the upcoming Arkland from CZP. Um, yeah. We want to ask you something. Sure. How old are you? How old am I? I am 25. Okay. So how old were you? I had to think about that for a second. Yeah. How old were you when you did Romulus and Remus? I was 19 when Romulus and Remus was published. I I was 17 when I first started dabbling into comics uh, at the end of high school. And uh, Now, I'm going to interrupt you briefly here because Justin and I talked about you before you got here. Okay. All right? Now, you say, I dabbled into comics. We dabbled in comics when we were in high school. That meant drawing in the margins. That meant having some lofty idea about one day making a comic. You dabbled by writing, penciling, yeah. inking, and coloring freaking pages of comics. Like, that doesn't seem fair doesn't to the rest happen. of us. Yeah, that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. I, it shouldn't happen. I, I don't really know how to explain it. It just sort of spiraled out of control i guess for <laughs> for it, it i mean it, high school you know high school art projects you just you, you know the the rules are fairly loose in high school art class so so that was really the only formal training i had had up to that point and um i okay as a high school teacher loose structure in a classroom usually does not result in the student then Correct. working okay. super so, hard so let to me, finish things. Let, let me clarify. This was not a high school art project. Uh, this was after high school. This was uh, in the summer after high school leading up to university. Uh, I was working on Romulus and Remus issue one. Um, so yeah, so high school art class was, was I, yeah, the only, I guess the, just a, uh, the background for the formal training I had had up to that point, um, which, yeah, w- which was fairly loose. And I I just saw it as an art project. I just saw it as, I didn't know how long it was going to be. That was the other thing, is uh, I was interested in comics, and I had this idea for a comic, and I just started drawing it. And I was drawing the first two, three pages, and then I realized, oh man, I don't even know what story this is. And that's when I started self-teaching myself and, and researching into comics and how comics are made. Okay, so um, you're taking for granted a step here. Okay. Which I, I love that to you, it's just seemed like the right sure, step sure. to take. But I feel like for most people uh, who are creatively minded, who say, okay, well, I did two or three pages of something, and I didn't know what it was. Usually what happens next is they stop. Sure. You said, well, if I'm going to continue, I better be better at this. 
Correct. And then you kept going and then kept learning and then kept trying and you didn't stop. Correct. Uh, now keep in mind that process took three years to make a 20 or 34 page comic. See um, what I'm keeping in mind and what's bothering me, cause I'm going to put you on the spot in a second, yeah. Justin, is the, <laughs> the, the moment in my life where I suddenly had the wherewithal, the mental fortitude and the skill to be able to say, okay, I'm going to make this 42 page comic. I was probably twice your age at that time. So I'm like fascinated by this, sure. the young version of you that is so much well, farther ahead than Justin or I. Yeah. Um, right? well, I think well, jealousy thanks. is the word I, I'm I mean, for. I think thanks. That's that sounds like a compliment. That's why we brought you on the show and poisoned your coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing I haven't drinking it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you tell him? Oh, it's um, okay. I have poison lipstick on for later. So you're, <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, that's the back half of the show, right? Yeah. yeah. So, Justin, where were you? <laughs> when did you decide, okay, I can finish a story? Well, like, I remember that, like, in high school, what you were talking about, I definitely, you know, here's here's my 120-page comic idea. It's going to be about, like, a tournament of fighters, and there's going to be every, like, two pages going to be, like, wow. a new character, and they're all going like, to, This is real? This is a... It's, like, it's half, half real. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> Half you're just making it up on the well, spot. Well, like I, I remember, you know, sitting with like uh, a buddy of mine who used to draw, and like we were planning out our comic, and like it just, you know, it spiraled out of control so quickly. And we started it, but of course never finished it because it was just like it was so grandiose in its yeah. scale. Um, and, and you, even and you're planning ideas with with a friend in, oh in your teens, and yeah. and it's all super exciting. But once it gets to the hard work, you know, it's not, you know, it it starts to be yeah more work, less fun. So yeah. how, why did you keep going? You're a uh, teenager. You're footloose and fancy free yeah. with no responsibilities and, you know, women and boys and all <laughs> kinds of things around you. And why <laughs> would you put all your effort into it? Teach I don't us. Know if I, Teach I don't, us where this I don't know if I can answer that. It, it was just an art project for me. It was just like another uh, drawing that I wanted to make or, or, uh, I, I dabbled in mask making a bit. It was just like a fun craft for me. What was the end goal? Like, where did you see this going? I That's didn't actually, I, I, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know what it would look like necessarily in the end. I didn't know. I, I, at that point I didn't know how long it would be. I thought it was going to be maybe 20 pages or, or, you know, 12 pages, um, and it just, you know, the more I started drawing it and writing it, the longer, uh, it got because, uh, I was more compelled to, um, flesh the story out better. Okay. Dear listeners, I'm going to just give you, for those of you who aren't familiar. So you might be thinking of a high school comics project. You can imagine what that might be in your mind's eye. What I'm holding is actually the project, which is a perfect bound, professionally created, wonderfully colored two volume slipcase edition of Romulus and Remus, <laughs> which is what Scott sort of, well, I should start making comics. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I have an answer for you, Greg. We I need I, it. I, I, <laughs> I, I guess when I get an idea that I'm passionate about, I run with it. And when I'm super passionate about it, I have to finish it. And it took me, three years to f finally finish that first issue. But you skipped all the terrible comic stepping stones that it seems like everybody has. Like, oh, Greg, God, you I, showed oh, me I'm not sure too I long fall. ago, like, 
you know, your first comic project. Oh, I'm sure I had those in my youth. Uh, your youth, like my, well, <laughs> you're cutting me to when, the bone here, man. When, when I was, you know, ten or twelve, I'm sure I made. Oh my god! But but I, you know, one one page comics that make no sense and you know that are so crudely drawn. But uh, I make those now. <laughs> Science. You won the Manitoba Book Award for this yes. thing, other thing, that was welding. A, that well was a deserved. huge honor. Yeah. A if very you well didn't deserved. win that, I was yeah. going to be super angry. Yeah, we had a protest plan in mind <laughs> if you didn't win. Uh, Giants Well, it, tell our dear listeners about the shape of Giants Well. So Giants Well uh, is a 22-foot-long uh, comic that folds up into a hardcover book. Um, and it is a, what do they call it? An infinite canvas, uh, sort of webcomic style. Um, Where you just tumble through yeah, the story Yeah, it's, it's down. sort of an infinitely scrolling, inspired by side-scrolling video games. Um, uh, it, it's a single image that just keeps going, uh, following this little old man going down this spooky cave. But and then when you step back, you see the whole picture. The whole correct. cave yeah. is also a illustration yeah like so giant swell so yeah i get i guess to to step back a bit i did Romus and remus issue one uh coming out of of high school and my first years of of university um and then issue one ends on a cliffhanger so i did issue two immediately after finishing issue one just to sort of finish that two-part story um and just then and then I was, and then I was uh, finishing my art degree at the University of Manitoba. Um, so I, I, yeah. So that was a large part of my focus was was working on art for my degree, finishing my thesis. And, and during this time, I was dreaming up Arkland, which is the full length graphic novel, sci fi fantasy graphic novel that I am. Uh, currently finishing up, uh, published so, by CZP. So to me, full length is 120 pages, but to you, full length means uh, 256. Last I Ooh. counted. Um, Pause for effect. There, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if any I, of you which, understand. Wow, which was intentional from from the start. Well, actually, I thought it was going to be 200 pages, and then here we are, and it's 50 pages longer than I thought. Um, but I wanted to make something that was the opposite of Romulus and Remus, which was a shorter comic broken up into separate issues. I wanted to make a complete story. There are no plans for an Arkland sequel. Uh, it is, I, I wanted to make something that felt like a complete epic adventure experience uh, where I, I got the impression from a lot of people that read Romulus and Remus that they really liked it, but they felt like there was more there, and they were asking me, when am I going to do issue three, uh, issue three and issue four, uh, et cetera, which I, who knows, I still may do. Um, but I want to to have the, I want to create something that can hopefully give the opposite reaction to that, that, is, that provides so much story and so much world building in a single book. Um, so that's like what you're Akira here, right? Yeah. Like you'll read sure. it all and then you'll be kind of like you'll have lived in the world long enough that yeah. when it's over, you're okay to return whence you came. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um so I was dreaming up Arkland while finishing my art degree 
uh, and then Giant's Well that I was previously talking about, this infinitely scrolling hardcover book weird thing, um, was this, ex- yeah, an, an experimental comic that I did halfway through the dev- the production of Arkland because Arkland was, was taking... Uh, so Arkland was taking a little while. You thought you'd take some time. time off and win a Manitoba I, Book yeah. Award and then come back and finish your... <laughs> I have a question I, about yes. The, my plan was to win the award and then and then, and then run <laughs> and away then with it. Backwards from that, how? Yeah. yeah. Um, Romulus and Remus. Uh, it looks like the the process is kind of similar to what you're doing in in Arkland, right? Yes. It's traditional. It is a traditional, um, just panel based uh, comic. I'm not sure how else you'd describe that. Top medium yeah. though. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Workflow wise, because I wanted to, because your jump from this to Giant's Well. Is quite a departure in um, yeah medium style, and process. Medium, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so Romulus and Remus is uh, pretty, yeah, traditionally done. I mean, it's all digitally drawn, um, you know, outlines and, and flat colors, more or less. Uh, Giant's Well is very small scale. It's all vector based. Um, it, yeah, it it has the vibe of small moving. scale, and that is thirty feet long. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Small, small scale as, as in like it, the characters are very small on the page um, and uh, visually inspired by indie video games uh, as well as classic video games. But I wanted it to have that, that very atmospheric indie game vibe. Um, and yeah, and Arkland is uh, aesthetically is coming back to uh, the Romulus and Remus um Approach more actually now now that I say this, it's actually the opposite of Romulus and Remus. Um, Romulus and Remus, uh, getting into the nitty gritty, Romulus and Remus was uh, drafted by hand. So I put pencil to paper and and drafted out every page of Romulus and Remus, and then scanned those in, and then digitally colored, uh, digitally uh, uh, did the the line art and colored it. Uh, Arkland, I'm actually drafting digitally, printing out those drafts at low opacity on 11 by 17 paper, and then inking them by hand, uh, inking each page by hand. Scotty Young style. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then scanning that back into then colored digitally. So, sorry, what did you? Scotty Young. I like, oh, okay. When I first was introduced to that process, it was Scotty Young like years and years ago. Um, I used to do everything with like, blue pencil and then ink over top sure, yeah and then i saw him he would Me do too. yeah drawing in blue on his computer and then printing it out on matte paper and inking and i thought that was like the most genius thing and um, cool yeah. yeah i i actually had had never heard of anyone doing it before oh um, it just came to you yeah more or less yeah cool um well act it it came to me because i started doing a lot more um how do you say it uh uh, process concept art. What's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, Re- reference reference on... material. Uh, I started making more reference material digitally. Yeah. And uh, to translate that, so actually the first, uh, I want to say ten, no, twenty pages of Arkland are actually done uh, in the style of Romulus and Remus, um, where I drafted them uh, with pencil on paper and then inked them uh, and then colored digitally. And uh, at that point, I, I, was, I was starting to make more digital references, 
so, specific, specifically 3D models. Oh, uh, that's an, I use 3D stuff too. So do you, you what programs do you use? So I use up? Google SketchUp. Yeah, I use that too sometimes. Yeah, we, then, we've, yeah. we've discussed about this yeah, yeah. before. Uh, and I can't remember how I discovered Google SketchUp, but uh, it took a, it's a bit of a learning curve to to figure out all the tools and to to create something just to create something in a virtual 3d space you know it's it's sort of like when you're learning to play 3d video games for the first time you're you, you know you end up just looking up at the sky and spinning around in circles and everyone <laughs> and everyone shoots you um so it, it felt like that uh, uh learning 3d program but once you once you wrap your head around it uh, i just found it incredibly useful for creating uh, environments and some more geometric character designs, robot designs, um, especially since Arkland um, is very focused on the the world and the locations. And so there were specific interiors uh, and some exteriors that I wanted to flesh out architecturally. So um, in that way, you become a set builder at first, yeah, right, and then a director later as you pick your shots within the set. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And I think that's that's how I guess that's closer to how I think about um, planning a comic is is almost a film in a film like way. Maybe in another life, I would be making movies rather than comics. Who knows? Maybe I still will. <laughs> yeah, there's um, time. There's time. Yeah. Um, actually, um, closer to closer to making or studying video games than uh than well, than movies and those and two worlds are merging so rapidly sure. yeah, right now it's becoming um, and easier arkland easier. is very video game inspired Super you you came th- up through kind of the fine arts training correct right you greg your training i'm not exactly sure what we, how we categorize your training <laughs> on the streets on the streets I mean, on the mean it's another streets. animal um and my background is in graph design um, and all through graph design, I was pretty vocal about wanting to do illustration full time. And that was mostly met with like indifference or yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah, I don't think you can really do that. Or like people just didn't know. It's not like they were being like venomous about it, but it was just like, I don't think that's a thing, you know? And so I was, I was always curious, you who'd already done comics going through fine arts and did, did you tell people you wanted to do comics full time and, and what was the reaction yeah, that's that's kind of interesting because uh, while I was making Romulus and Remus, it was just a side project from my from the art that I was making uh, in school in in my fine arts classes, um, and and very different. So I'm trying to think. At that time, I was in sculpture class and I was in printmaking. Uh, so yeah, I was making, I guess, very quote-unquote fine art uh, sculptures and and illustrations uh, very uh, much more abstract and uh, conceptual in nature um, and and yeah and then on the, my off hours I was making uh, action horror comics that was the complete <laughs> opposite and so actually towards the end of my schooling in my in my thesis year um, I decided I should I should be making comics. I should, you know, especially since it's my last year, I should try to merge these two worlds, uh, which was uh, <laughs> interesting <laughs> slash, <laughs> slash difficult to say the least um, because uh, not everyone thinks that comics 
belong in the fine art world. Right. Um, but I tried, and that's definitely that was definitely dipping my toe into more experimental comic making. Um, specifically, so those tiny tomes and things like that. Does that did that spiral out of that? Mm, no, uh, no, that was. No, that was some other weird thing. <laughs> that that was just a, a, a weird little zine idea. Um, no, this was more about uh, in a in a fine art world um, because uh, in, in in fine arts your end goal is making a product that can sit in a gallery. It is about a public display, right? Um, and comics are in a book, you know, usually, and so those projects were about how can I turn a, a very sort of private, uh, intimate viewing experience of, of reading a book into something public and into something that's more, um, uh, more of an installation and more experimental and, and breaks out of that book form uh, in maybe unexpected ways. Um, See, it took us a lot longer in our careers. We just did a show to launch uh, yeah. Social's Daughter and, and Red and See Through. Yeah, I'm, which I'm, was sitting, that. I'm sitting in your uh, studio right now with the art still on the walls, and I can't stop looking at it. It's just <laughs> well, so much. And actually, what we did is we took over the hallway space around on that all over the floor. I, I, or I saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. Uh, so, but that was that same thing, us trying to find a, a middle ground between the private experience and a public experience. Yeah, for um, sure. But you were already tackling that, you know, in your youth. Which, just as a, a side note, is something we've learned along the way. When you launch Arkland, when you're already, print out a bunch of your favorite panels and pages as, like, 12 by 18s and posters and canvases that you, if you want. But when you do your book launches, have all those, like, we just kind of take over the bookshelves and, like, the McNally's and chapters. Yeah, we yeah. go to chapters. We just tell them we're going to come and we're going to make a mess. And they say, well, what kind of mess? And then we explain that we're bringing big images from the inside of the book to put outside of the book for people to engage with. Um, yeah. And so that gallery training of yours, bring it to the bookstores when you're launching that. Because sure. you will find, I mean, I already know that you'll think of a better way to do it than we did. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm, I'll be as confident as to go up to the front desk and say, hey, I'm going to make a mess of your your bookshelves and there's don't ask you them. Can just do, do about it. That. Just do it. Don't, <laughs> ask. don't even ask. Okay. Okay. And Tom if Greg said you could. Yeah. You just say yeah. Well, Greg and Justin <laughs> said this is how you do it. Yeah. yeah. Mostly Greg though. Yeah. yeah. Hey, <laughs> under the bus here. It's, it's warm my, under the bus. It's my favorite thing, throwing you under the bus. <laughs> so let's jump back around. You've mentioned a couple of times. Sure. Your indie game influence, love, and I'm gl- going through this yeah. Arcline preview, which you had at TCAF. Yes. Right? And the very first page is a pixel art arcade console yes, the, the, of a the, video the game. The two green color. Yeah. The light green and the dark green. Which then pans out into, game the, Boy. into the, you said it best, the character's pastime. Like video yes. games are very much a part of what the characters in Arkland do as well as thematic to the story. Yes, so so let's back up a bit. Uh, my elevator pitch for Arkland is The Legend of Zelda meets District 9. <laughs> it is fantasy meets aliens in a lighthearted, whimsical adventure kind of way. Um, yes, and so in this world, the main character, Karen, uh, she plays video games. That's her primary pastime aside from scavenging alien wreckages. 
Um, there's a bit of it feels a little like there's some Miyazaki influence yes, in there. Yes, yeah? absolutely. Um, so yeah, if if I can just rattle off my influences for this book, uh, uh, Zelda that I already mentioned, um, uh, Miyazaki specifically, Nausicaa, uh, Princess Mononoke. Uh, there's a bit of Adventure Time and some other more more modern cartoons in there. Um, so District 9 is an interesting flavor to add to that mix. Yes. Maybe not in tone, but in in story. Um, yeah, I, District 9 is among my, my favorite movies of all time. Striking news. The whole world is watching. The course of human history has changed today. The ship appears to be stopping over Johannesburg City. They're spending so much money to keep them here when they could be spending it on other things. At least they're keeping them separate from us. I love its approach to science fiction. Um, you know, looking at, looking at a science fiction world from the outside, from the perspective of, of an outsider and not telling a story uh, that is about saving the world or or, you know, some epic war. Or, or an origin story. The or, District yeah. 9 is great because it's not an origin story. Exactly. It already happened, and it, we're just watching exactly. the yeah. aftermath. Exactly. So the the main story in Arkland is it's it's this humble fantasy world um, uh, akin to, to the Legend of Zelda or Adventure Time or something like that um, that is turned on its head when these alien arcs uh, appear, uh, delivering alien creatures to their planet. And so the story starts a hundred years after that first contact, and you see how these worlds have merged, and how the mystery of these alien arcs and these alien creatures have become part of their nature and part of their culture and part of their religion. Um, well, and you have a wonderful little panel here too, which I think really just sets such a great tone for what the story potential could be. The character's sitting there playing video games, and behind her are her three pets. Yes. There's a curled-up cute little dog, yep. a curled-up cute little robot, yep. and a curled-up cute little alien dog creature with too many eyes. They're all closed, so Correct. I'm not sure which are eyes and which aren't. So th- those are kind of the three worlds of the story. You've got the the original natural world, which is the her dog, her straight up normal brown dog um uh the most normal dog dog you could possibly draw (laughs) and then she's got her her alien dog which proportionally is the exact same size as the normal dog but clearly alien you know blue and white and and covered in in scales was that Um, in part to make drawing those two dogs a little easier how so like if you have them in scale and they have the basic <laughs> oh, sure. the skeletons language. of those two creatures are essentially the same so they're a little like they're easy to go yeah, back and forth yeah i guess so you know? i i was talking to to greg before the podcast i i just love the idea that it's humorously redundant that she's got an alien dog but then she's also just got a normal dog <laughs> um because i you see alien dogs in science fiction here and there um that's not a new thing but i love the idea of her also just having a normal dog um, but, but there's some okay so there's something else deeper at work here than just that it feels because you have this great uh metaphor of the video game meteor drop just before an actual meteor drops Correct. and then you have this character who is operating sort of in this space this liminal space between these three worlds and then her pets that hang out around her 
are all representative of those compass points. Yeah. Yeah. So, so just to finish that, that three world comparison, you've got the, the, the natural world, the, the normal dog, the alien world, uh, which is the alien dog. And then you've got sort of the mechanical or man-made human-made world, uh, which is represented by the, the robot, the robot companion. Uh, and then you've got her, Karen, the main character, who is friends, you know, companions with those three worlds, but then also on the outside of those three worlds at the same time. She lives on this uh, this stone hut way out on the moors, away from civilization. She's a bit of a hermit, um, but she she likes it that way. She she's a bit of a an interesting, mysterious character in her own way. Okay, so this this book is now picked up and getting published by CZP. Yeah, right. Uh, so, so Chai Graphic is the imprint. Chai Graphic. Yes. Um, so I know Greg knows you the full story. Chai there. Chi. Sorry, it should be uh, Chi Graphic. But I, I think it's Chai Graphic. I was going to ask because <laughs> it's Chai Yeah, you never know, right? Um, and I've published uh, four books with them. I should say it properly. Yeah, it should be, but is it? I don't know. Yes, ask, <laughs> ask Sandra. She will say it right. I'm afraid to. Um, it's been too long. Yeah. <laughs> but probably for a lot of people listening who are, are very, very interested in they have a comic idea, how do they get it picked up by a publisher? How did that happen for you? You have the idea for Arkland. You yes. worked on it a little bit. And then a publisher is, is printing it. How, how did that happen? Yeah, I, I was working on Arkland. I was making concept art for it. And I was putting together a a pitch booklet or sort of a synopsis booklet of the concept art and story synopsis. I remember seeing that. It was about 10, 50, how many pages? Oh, were... that was like 60 pages. Okay, okay, you went. But the, yeah. you had a short pitch that I saw too, like a kind of a summation document. Oh, yeah, yeah, document. yeah. That, well, that one was just concept art. That was yeah. no text. Right. Um, so, I, yeah, and so I had this booklet that was mostly for me but also for friends and colleagues to look over it before I actually started drawing up panels to just read a synopsis of the story and see the concept art to ask people, hey, before I actually write this book and draw this book, does this sound like an interesting story? Do you see any plot holes? Right. Does this concept art, do these character designs look okay? Um, because I knew it was going to be such a big book, I didn't want to have these, these big mistakes that I ignored from the start. But yeah, I had this pitch booklet the synopsis booklet of Arkland that I uh, gave to Sam Biko, my editor uh, uh, at uh, at CZP, and I I actually just thought she was interested because she was a friend. She I knew her through this convention scene in Winnipeg, and I thought she was just curious, and I was flattered uh, that she wanted to check it out and read it. And then uh, I can't remember how long after that she she messaged me, hey, we want to publish this. And I was completely floored because I didn't even know that's where this conversation was headed. I thought she was just wanted to look at what I was working at. And it turns out uh, her publisher or the publishing company that she was uh, uh, editing for, um, yeah, was interested in this book. And well, you know, okay, so Arkland, you called a humble fantasy. I think it's because you're a humble dude. Right. You also sounded surprised when uh, Giants Well was nominated, which shouldn't have been a surprise. And you were like totally like speechless for just a moment when you we were at the award ceremony and you got picked. Right. Yeah. 
I think yeah. that's why, right? Maybe now, maybe we've ruined it. Maybe you, <laughs> now you'll know you're good, and now everything is ruined now. <laughs> Super uh, Self-doubt in moderation. I mm-hmm. think, I think, you know, that little sprinkle of self-doubt, I think, is always valuable um, and keeps you working harder and keeps you trying to improve on your past work. Okay, but Scott, um, that's rare. It keeps you self-conscious. That's rare that people, like a little Is sprinkle. It? It's rare for a little sprinkle people. to not turn into a giant, you know, well, flower-sized 40-pound bag on your back. Like how do well, you keep it Some days it is. Some days it is. Okay, tell and us about those days so we all feel oh, more, geez, let's, let's better about ourselves. About <laughs> no, let's talk about it. Tell me about a bad day of making comics. Um, bad day of making comics, man. I need a delve deep into my <laughs> repressed Do uh, memories. Um, Can we share? Well, maybe we'll share first yeah, so yeah. that you feel, right? We'll build some social capital here, some some <laughs> trust here on the podcast, right? The latest book we just did, uh, my half of it was called Red and See-Through with a, a fox and a ghost. And I did four, probably four or five full pages that did not look right and got scrapped. Which is like four days. So maybe also days it was the work. beginning of the project. So it was like three days of kind of frustration because I knew this wasn't quite right. And I just had to keep going and like keep experimenting. And But it was like very kind of like, because it was a very short timeline on the project. We put that project together in less than a month. And like a good percentage of that month was done on artwork that was never going to, to go in it. Okay, we're going to pull it. We're going to imagine that statement as a photograph. Now we're going to pinch and expand into a little detail. You said, I just had to. But how did you know? Why didn't you just be like, screw this? I'll do something else. We'd set a print deadline. <laughs> so it was you, your, your deadline. Those are good sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So I, I've had that before. I've had artwork that I've, I've scrapped. Maybe not four pages worth of artwork. Actually, now I'm trying to think. Have I scrapped that much artwork before? Um, I mean, uh, like on, on bad days, all on days where I'm not confident in what I'm making, or I'm just confused by what I'm making, I'll work on something that I am confident on. And, and that's kind of the benefits of doing everything yourself. I'm, I'm the writer, I'm the illustrator, I'm the colorist, I'm the graphic designer on this book. And so there are a, a lot of other facets that I can tap into and say, Okay, today I am I'm not happy with what I'm drafting. So why don't I color some pages or ink some pages that are done and ready to go? You know uh, that I, I've previously done that uh, that I am confident in. We've um, talked about that a lot about being the ability to like if you're not if you're not good at line art today, don't kill yourself trying to yeah. make line art. Switch over to something else. I mean, sometimes you just need a break too. Yeah, I mean, a change is as good as a rest, as they say. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes, sometimes a rest is good too, you know, <laughs> which I am, I am feeling these, these days for sure. Yeah. Because you've been grinding out since January, January, this 200 pages of yeah, work. Basically every day. Uh, I'm trying to think of a handful of days when I've traveled to conventions or I've had, you know, family commitments. The last or, convention I saw you at, you were still, you were behind the booth. I was, doing pages yeah. I was, I was behind my my booth inking pages that I had brought along. Um, yeah. So is that, is it too much? Did you bite off more than you can <laughs> chew? I did, but that's okay. It's been, 
it's it's something it's a learning experience this arcland has been a learning experience something you had to do i think right like yeah yeah um and it's been really valuable i mean i'm super happy with the book that i'm making but it's been super valuable in my artistic process in my time management process um that I will put towards my next book. And who knows, maybe that next book, I'll try some other completely different, uh, maybe not completely different art style, but completely different uh, uh, style of, of working, of putting out pages, putting out artwork, um, you know, it's different time management style. And maybe that won't work, or but it'll be slightly better. It's all it's all about just learning from from past projects and yeah, past efforts. Yeah, that's true. Can I ask you about uh, the writing versus the illustration? So, sure. Um, I'd say I'm a better illustrator than I am a writer. Okay, but... Which is why I chose comics in the first place. Pictures are words too, in a way, are they not? Are they? Well, aren't they? I mean, aren't they like, just pictures? <laughs> well, okay, but <laughs> if we're going to get... You want to get really, like, you know, metaphysical about this. So, like, a letter right is just an abstract form yeah, yeah, that we yeah. ascribe meaning to sure right your illustration the letter a is just right. a, a weird looking roof right exactly <laughs> right you know and so you have the, these... the letter r is is a p taking a walk <laughs> right yeah so i usually take a walk to have a p that's true um where, but you have silent panels here like you have this little panel yes of uh karen looking out the window right pensively yes right so if I, as the writer of this comic, right, let's say, had given you this script, I would have had to write, Karen looks pensively out the window, and then you would have illustrated it, and I would have got credit as the writer. Sure. Right? But you drew Karen looking pensively out the window. You wrote that scene. Yeah. You just didn't use a word. You used a picture. I, th I think visually. I think about images before I think about dialogue, and I, I think about characters moving through a space so then if we stick to the analogy you write some of the panels visually and then on top of that you write some dialogue or some attribution sure. to that sure i guess yes if we're thinking of writing in an abstract sense of the word in, not, not in a i don't think sense. abstract in a comics sense of the sure. word yeah right? yeah absolutely yeah i'm i'm writing images yeah and there's good writing in here oh thank you right um yeah um but I'd say Romulus and Remus is a lot more sparse in terms of text. Um, yeah, Romulus and Remus, uh, I, I intentionally uh, put as little text into it as possible um, because I just wanted to tell this silent, this silent story, this very uh, quiet, eerie uh you know, action horror story uh, that, uh, yeah, this, just this somber quietness throughout it. And yeah, which also just came out of, uh, I'm more confident in my images than, than in my, my writing of, of word balloons. Um, so Arkland carries over from that. It's very image oriented, but it definitely has more text than Romulus and Remus. And I'm forcing myself to put more, text into Arkland when I feel like it's a bit sparse just because I think uh, writing helps 
carry your eye from panel to panel mm. better than images alone. Now, Justin, you also have the same propensity to resist being described as a writer first. But you do the same thing. Yeah. You write with with pictures. Oh, I'm just, as, as we're talking about this, I'm thinking about my next book and how there aren't going to be any words until the book is almost done. The entire story nice. I'm going to tell visually and I'll worry about word bubbles and, and stuff like that. That's quite the impact. After. Um, if And then only if we need it, right? Right. Um, I think maybe that comes from a bit like I've done I've done comics before where the writing came first and I had to try to adhere to that and I felt like I was being so restricted like I had to work inside that box so just in my mind I'm like I can tell I know what looks good visually in my style I know how to um, how to tell stories visually so even like this next book that I'm starting I don't really know what the story is yet but I I'm just gonna make some scenes I'm gonna make some really cool looking scenes and build the set, and then, move yeah. the camera around, figure out what yeah, the Yeah, and then is. the story is going to come after that. So I don't, yeah. yeah, the writing is like the last thing in my mind. I'm telling the story visually first, which I suppose you could call writing. Call writing you, you, can, you can call it writing. I think we need to empower you, <laughs> you poor downtrodden artist, that your part is at least, and then that was, if not, no, not at least, your part is more important in the storytelling aspect of comics than the written text. Yeah, there I've said it. <laughs> I, I think that can be said for for all of us here is that we we came about comic making from art before writing. Yeah, I, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I, definitely. I, I, true. I don't want to speak for you, but yeah. Well, I wrote no. Well, okay, you're speaking for me a little bit because I wrote <laughs> first. I never considered myself oh, really? an artist at all. I was. I a, I, I, I apologize. I, I thought you were an artist before you were a writer. Short stories. I wrote all kinds of things. Okay. And uh, yeah, so the words came first, and Interesting. then. I started adding images just so that I'd have some context for some of the things I was writing, be they bizarre or cyberpunk right. or monster well, oriented. Yeah, well, there you go. There's the opposite approach to, you know, putting putting images down first and then worrying about the text later. Is, so is you, I, you wrote a story and then you wanted to put visuals yeah. to accompany the I wrestled that text. with calling myself an illustrator interesting the same way you guys wrestle with calling yourself writers but the I truth guess we is, all just wrestle with calling us ourselves more than one thing yeah maybe mm. why why is that know. true because we're one person this is getting very tarnishes the prestige a little bit does it though or maybe it just throws back the veil on all the pomp and circumstance that people have held up as being like these gateways to you owning and controlling your own work Wow. You know, if you need a, if you need a five-person team to make a book, then you'll always be only twenty percent of sure. the process, and therefore a publisher can always own the whole nut. But if you do all the work and all the graphic design and all the concept, a publisher can't come in and say you couldn't have done this book without me. What you say to them is, "I made this book. Would you like to put it out into your distribution stream?" Just say, "Let's do it." <laughs> <laughs> Science. You're just about to start a new book, Justin. And Scott, you're just about to finish a new gonna one. Gonna start one today, I think. All right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Good day to start a book. Good day to start so, a yeah. book. Yeah. After <laughs> talking to you, we'll be yeah. very, we'll be all fired <laughs> up. So, in starting a project, um, I know sort of how Justin works. When you are, where are you in the world usually when a new idea strikes you, and you say, "Okay, physically in the world." Yeah. Uh, anywhere. Can be anywhere. Yeah, you mean like physically where, like, am I yeah, at like home? Is it, or? Do you go for walks? Do you, are you, you know, no. in the shower? Are you... N new ideas strike me while I'm traveling. 
just because the change of scenery is very refreshing and uh, helps new ideas. Um, I, I like biking, uh, not so much in the winter, but uh, I like biking just, you know, it's good exercise, but, you know, just, just seeing a change of scenery. So a scene um, change gives you a book idea. Yes, again, very visual, you right. know, a, a literal change of, of, of scenery in front of my eyes. Uh, is helpful to conjure up new ideas. So you've been traveling a lot then, I know, for Arcland, promoting it and promoting some of your uh, stuff. I will be more when the book is out. Uh, in in the new year, I'll be traveling to more conventions. So do you have a um, new idea now that you just can't wait to work on? Oh, I have dozens of new ideas. Right. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a matter of of figuring out which ones I want to do next. How do you um, choose? Like, how did Arcland become the one? It developed the the fastest uh i had several ideas several ideas that i'm still hanging on to uh before i came up with arcland uh but when i thought of arcland it just it just unraveled it just exploded way faster than any of those other ideas were developing and so i just decided to go with it I'd rather it than came rather easily than, too like you didn't have to fight it it was just all there in your mind yeah yeah yes uh Initially, yeah, it, it, um, yeah, it was the most exciting, uh, on the outset that, that initial spark was the most exciting. And I think that spark is something very special that I think most people know whether you, you know, whether you write or, or not, you know, I think everyone has a bit of everyone has creativity in them and everyone has felt that spark of a new idea and it's very exciting um and so arcland was was a very exciting spark when i first thought of it and it yeah it it came together a lot quicker so did this like does the spark grow like do you feed it and it turns into a fire for the project or now that you're 100 pages and you mentioned you you know you were honest about some of your fatigue in the project here sure is the spark more precious like are you trying to hold on to that idea that initial that feeling? spark is why I finish books. Right. That that spark is that. I I don't know how to explain it. Uh, it's it's that. It's just that that point of of just pure creativity, that just hits you and. Yeah it it makes me want to finish something. It it makes me want to turn that spark into a reality into an object yeah something so abstract something so minimal that was so long ago there's something extremely exciting about years later being able to hold that spark in your hands as a physical object as a as a as a story as a as a world that you've built yeah. Something when you new. work at that spark long enough, then it turns into a raging fire. Sure. And you have to stick it out. <laughs> it's burning everything. <laughs> everything around you is on fire. And, for I, a while. and yeah. that spark can change for sure. Yeah. I have had ideas, ideas that I still have for stories that started out as something completely different. Um, and, and, yeah, I'm not sure how you describe it. It's very abstract. It's, yeah. You know that that spark has maybe joined another spark, and they've they've morphed into something that's halfway between both ideas. Who knows? Um, yeah. Well, when you talk about holding the object in your hand, that's that's the rush for me. When I'm holding a new piece of artwork or a new book that started 
as a just an immaterial moment on a walk or in a conversation and I go oh that could be something and then yes you know you labor for a long time to bring it from your imagination into the physical world you know it's not quite yes. giving birth but and it's it's as close <laughs> as as a male I can come I think yeah creatively uh anyways um and and going back to to something that I said uh, a little while ago about about maybe in another life I'd be making films uh, or or actually more accurately I'd be making video games because I'm so heavily inspired by video games. I think that's why I'm not because I love the physical object and you know sure you can hold a DVD or a or a, a the box for a game in your hands but that's just the vessel and and for the the virtual the digital thing. Um, and that's why, even though I'm heavily inspired by mediums other than comics, that's why that's why I'll keep making comics because it's this physical thing. It's it's bizarre when you think about it that way. Is it? But uh, based on what you've said today, I see some lines here. Like you talked about art as experiential, right? From sure. the fine arts world, sure. Right, film is experiential in that way. You have it just while you're experiencing it, and then it's your memory of the film. Right, sure. it's not the object of the film that you appreciate, but your memory of the experience. And I think fine art is very much like that. And you have that aspect in what you do, but you also have this indie game feeling which you're putting into your narrative. And then you also have this quest for the physical. Uh, how did you say? Um, like private viewing experience, and you're yeah. trying to wrap all those things up into what you do. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, was there a... I don't know. This is, is an observation. <laughs> yes. This is an observation. Yes, that is a keen observation. I'm, is it I'm, true, though? I'm trying to grab a little bit from everything that I love and put it into one thing. Huh. Amazing. I think that's how you do it. Yeah. I think that is how you yeah. do it. Um, well, this has been Super Pulp Science, and we're talking about the fire and the spark that goes into making things today. Got thank real you. metaphysical. Got real metaphysical. <laughs> thank you, Scott Ford. Oh, for thank being. you for having me. This has been uh, fantastic. And I would just like to close by telling all of you to join the fight and make comics. <laughs>